I love it when you tell me that we're gonna be in movies They make out like it's so hard but there's really nothing to it I love it when you tell me that we're gonna be in movies I don't mind dying if that's how we gotta do it Alright, hello, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Make It Big podcast in which I, Paul Stinson, sit down with artists in various fields and talk to them about the meaning of, quote, success. What is it? Is it something that we should care about? How do you know if you've achieved it? Do you think you have achieved it? If you get it, how can you keep it? What do you do in the downtime? More importantly, what do you do or why you keep getting up every morning and creating stuff. You know, it can be hard, artist life, maybe you're not getting paid, you don't have health insurance, maybe you don't think you have the success you want. What keeps driving you to get up in the morning and make that art? These are questions I think are really interesting. I hope you think they're interesting as well. Today I have, for the first episode, my good friend, amazing drummer, household name to me, DJ Bonebreak, and if you know who he is, and you should, you can skip on over this introduction and go right to the podcast, but since this is the first one, going to give a little bit of a background, so you can read about me a little bit, I'm a, on, on my page, paulstinsonmusic.com, also where you can find this podcast, you can go over on iTunes and subscribe to it, I hope you do, leave a comment, give a review, that sort of thing. You can contact me at paulstinsonmusic at gmail.com. I don't have a Facebook page for the podcast yet. That'll probably come later. This is the first one. But so who am I? Well, I'm a musician. I play, sing, write songs. I have never made it big, trust me. But it's very interesting to me that I continue to write, record, you know, create stuff. And I've got to do some really cool things work with some amazing people, including DJ, for one. My band, The Strip Miners, based out of Los Angeles, includes DJ and some other great people that you're going to be hearing from on this podcast. Not because I think we're the best band in the world, although we are, but because these people are very well known and respected in their own right. They have great stories, great experiences to share, and you're going to be hearing from all of them. And I'm starting out with musicians because that's my field, and I know it, and frankly, I'm kind of lazy, and so it's easier that way. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into talking to DJ Bonebreak. If you have ever been into punk music at all, you know who X is. A very seminal L.A. punk band influenced everyone. Really pioneering band. Uh, gone Went on to splinter off or, or have an, another incarnation in the knitters really pioneering americana band that dj also plays in dj is also just an amazing person a really consummate musician uh true professional really a living legend uh in my mind and we get into it pretty deeply talking about his background talking about x talking about side projects talking about writing uh everything that i want this podcast to be about and in fact we get into it so deeply that i'm splitting this up into two parts uh i caught him over in new jersey while he was on tour with x they were playing in the city 
Uh, I now live in Brooklyn, so I went over to chat with him, and we ended up talking for like an hour and a half or more <laughs> before the van had to go, and he had to go to the gig. So I'm breaking it up into two. This is the first one here. Uh, the next one will be up very shortly, so I urge you to listen to both of them. He's a very fascinating guy, uh, really has a lot of valuable things to say. And with that, without further ado, let's get into the actual podcast, talking to the great DJ Bonebreak. I think uh, we're probably fine. We'll see if there's any operator error on my part. <laughs> well, we'll find out. What do you do out here in the wilds of New Jersey? Uh, I do nothing. I sit... <laughs> I, I sit in the room. Because <laughs> it's not like you're when you're in a big city and you can like wander around and do stuff, right? That is the problem. Yes. There's one van and five people and you go in there has whenever to be the a group plan. Yeah, well the group plan is, you know, oh, we're going in to do sound check, so we leave at three o'clock. Right. You know, and then you see some of the city and then you leave right after the show because you know yes. unless you want to taxi in you know, the, the from, from from Manhattan to New Jersey, which can be expensive and you know, do you ever do that now, or did, I, was it more in the early days? Like, hey, we're in a cool city. I want to go explore it. Oh, you know, if I can, if, if you know, uh, if I'm in the city, I would. I love to to you know go around and look at it. In fact, uh, yesterday I just took a walk. We were, we were in Manhattan. We played the uh, city winery, and I just walked for an hour. You know, I loved I love to explore cities, but. Uh, if you're yeah, if you're in New Jersey, nothing about New Jersey, you know, not not not, <laughs> no, cast we're not aspersions, not, not but, casting but, aspersions on the But it's great it's not ex- it's not exactly Manhattan, <laughs> and and when you're out here by the airport, uh, there's there's not a lot to see. I don't even leave the room. I just recover from the night before. So exactly, because you're out partying all night. No, no. Do no. you still run after? Games? You know, I, I'm about to get back into it. I've been really I've been backsliding recently, but I but I do if I don't run I at least try to walk like I said I walked an hour yesterday that's cool you after know, the show before the it was before left? the show oh, sometimes, all right. sometimes that can that can make you stiff other times it you know after you eat it you it makes you feel better so right I right. just say you don't want to you don't want to wear yourself out but but when I get home I plan on, on getting back to that it's important I think, yeah. as a drummer you were telling me that in the early days you would go running after your gigs in like downtown LA man I used to do <laughs> I used to do I used to hmm. Yeah, I would I would run after shows before, you know, and, and the funny joke about it wasn't enough energy just drumming. You had to like get yeah, it out more. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's hard to come down after shows, so that's a good way. You it's just true. Wear, wear yourself out. Yeah, yeah. But but it, you, yeah, you have to be careful with that. If you if you go too far, you 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 know you wear yourself out for the next day. Yeah, totally. So, so but 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 the the joke about in the in in my band is that. We'll be in a city, and and someone will be driving around the city somewhere, a couple miles away from the hotel, and I'll be walking. They'll see, they'll see some guy. They go, "That's DJ," you know, miles. Is he from, lost? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I've been, you know, but I, sometimes I take it as a challenge. If it, you know, I, re- I remember being in Austin once. We were playing South by Southwest, and we were in some hotel about three miles away from the downtown, three or four miles, and I asked the woman at the front desk, I, I said, you know, where is the, you know, the convention center? And they go, they go, oh, it's down this road. And, uh, but, uh, and I said, well, can you walk there? She said, no, no, you can't. You this can't. is Texas. We don't walk. <laughs> you can't do that. And, and, and so I took it as a challenge. I go, well, that's only three miles. Is I that can... when we were there? The strip miners? Or earlier I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think that was, I don't, uh, I mean, you're always at a hotel that's far yeah, away. Yeah, no so. kidding. That's true. <laughs> I think we were at a court nerd Marriott there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Could have been. Something. <laughs> yeah. What did you um, 
the running like after the shows was that a purposeful thing to you know not be like the party culture or was it more oh, just like you were just always healthy it was it was part of that i mean I, you know i i wish i did more of that now in fact I'll, i'm going to try to get back into it cuz but but yeah I, I remember yeah because because on tour what you do if you're going on a 6 week tour you start out wanted to be you know, live a healthy lifestyle. Then, two, yes. then two weeks into it, you you start partying because you're you're bored, or you just want the camaraderie, or you don't want to be left out, and you know, and it's also there's a lot of pressure. But then, but but the running thing, it was yeah. Sometimes it was a conscious effort to not party because yeah. if you if you can get through the whole night, you know, I, I can easily any night I can get through the show without drinking. I'd, I'd prefer not to drink. When I play, right? No, I'm like that too. But then for you, sure. you know, you go, you have a couple drinks after, and you feel good. But it, yeah. but if you if you're thinking, oh, I have to run when I get back to the hotel, then you you, it's a way to yeah avoid that's, that. That's yeah. a good habit because I know exactly what you mean because you get off stage and you're all sweaty and then you're just like ah the show was great or oh the show was awful exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Either one. Give me the drink. Yeah. 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 Just, <laughs> uh, just give me you know yeah. So just one. Running's a great way because you are all like amped up basically afterwards. You know, and yeah. plus it's the the timing wise. You know, you don't have to do anything the next day until four p.m. or whatever. Exactly, so. you can recover. Yeah, but, totally. but the problem with getting a little older, it's harder to recover. But, yeah, but, but it's a, you know, it's kind of a catch twenty two. If you if you don't do it, then you get out of shape. You know, and then you become really old. And if you overdo it. You feel how old you are. So. It's true. <laughs> well, being a drummer too. Well, I don't know. I mean, some people move around more on stage than others, but drummers, you have to, if, especially if you're playing an X where you're playing, you know, punk music every night. Yeah. Um, there's no avoiding it. Yeah, it's pretty energetic, so you kind of have to be in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play. I started out playing drums, and I remember that it was really like. You really got to practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll hurt up. yourself or yeah. it'll just hurt. Yeah, or the song isn't going to work. You know, you're going to miss something or you're going to drop the beat or, or whatever. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well do, you, do you still jog? Did you jog? or, or you... I always hated jogging. I go to the gym. That's uh-huh. like my thing. I can't stand running. It's just, yeah. uh, I don't know. Painful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Other for a lot of other like aerobic stuff, like the elliptical is fine or what. I don't mm-hmm. mind the aerobic part of it. It's just for some reason running outside was never my thing. Yeah, would it hurt your knees or? or no, it's. Uh, I don't know. It just never appealed to me for some reason. It's like, yeah. why would I get out there and run around in the streets? I know people. I know it's so funny. <laughs> like a wild animal. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's. Oh, you just said it. That's why I like it. Yeah. You know, that's I, true. I, I've described it that way before. You know, I go. I feel like a wild animal because I would. See, I would see some some location. I'd see a mountain or a building. I yeah. go. And I remember as a kid, I felt the same way. I'd be at the beach. I go, "There's that pier. I'm going to walk there." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And 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 I, I got in trouble a couple times as a kid because I I had to make it to that point, and I was late, and they thought I was lost. So, no, I was really so. into walking, especially at night. Just not the running part, because I would go when I first moved to San Francisco. I would go walk constantly because it's a fascinating city, and you can you can walk down you know to the port and go behind you know, all the touristy crap and go to the container ships and weird stuff like that. Yeah. So I definitely love that part about it, but the running, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's I a, just walk. Yeah, walking, I mean, walking's great because you, I mean, I get great ideas. At least I think they're great. You know, I mean, sure, I, I yeah, certainly yeah. Forget, I forget them later, so they, they must have been great. You no, know? absolutely. <laughs> I, that kind of thing is really great for clearing your mind and, you know, for musicians and songwriting, you really have to have that kind of time, you know, 
space, time and space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to think about it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, when, when I was writing some stuff, I actually thought of, I wrote a couple songs that were okay. That you know, walking. I'd come in. Awesome. You know, I'd have it in my head, and then, you know, you have a choice. You can go. Well, it wasn't that good. I won't write it down, or I, you know, go right to the piano and 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 notate it. So this is something that I definitely want to talk about is the DJ Bonebreak, who's the songwriter, who's the vibes player, who has all these different... Or you have still, do you still do orchestra, super string? Orchestra, super string, we haven't done for a couple of years, but, but it's... Bonebreak, it, syncopators. Bonebreak, syncopators, we, we do a little less. We're, play, we're playing a wedding in a couple of weeks, and we'll sometimes play. But that uh, shows that there, there's a reason. We, you know, we lost an important member in the, of the band. Oh, uh, oh okay. Yeah, Jeremy Wakefield uh, was a lap steel guitar player. And, I mean, that's one reason. And, you know, the band still sounds good, but we, we'll get a horn player, uh, you know, in his place, and we get great horn players, you know. But it's just, to me, it's not the same. And it's also, I've been really busy, so yeah, it's hard to with X balance the two. Yeah, Well, that's something, so getting around to the idea of the podcast, the basic notion is that I'm going to sit down and have conversations with artists in various fields, mm-hmm. starting with music, because it's what I know, but the main concept of the show is to talk about the meaning of success in whatever kind of artistic field you're in, you know, what what is success, you know, does, do you care, is it a thing that you're striving for, or is it enough just to be creating something artistically, and the thing you just brought up is, is something that's really interesting to me is that people, no matter what kind of like how big the band is that they're in, th- they're usually doing something else as well, like a side project. It's like, you know, no matter how successful an X to me is a very successful, you know, seminal, one of the greatest punk bands ever, you know, not just my opinion, but I, I think a lot of people would agree. But you know, you or, or me or anyone really in, in bands, is like, why do we continue to look for other things? Is it, you know, our own creative outlet we want to do? Or is it, can you reach some level where you're like, I have had all the success I need, I'm just going to, you know, enjoy that and read a book. <laughs> yeah. Like, what drives you to, you know, do other things besides, you know, the one major band that, that you've been a part of for so long? Well, I mean, uh, I could probably think of a lot of ideas. Uh, for <laughs> my friend Kent Smith used to say, life is long, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, right? You know, yeah, really? I don't know. Then you, you're older, you're going, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it is short. But um, a, a couple reasons. Well, uh, you know, one reason is, is uh, there's a lot of downtime mm-hmm. in, in, let's say, with X. Yeah. You know, even even back in the day, there was there we you know we would tour for three months and then we would start the process of writing songs. And I wasn't the songwriter, so you know when I was involved, it was it was um, rehearsal and arranging things and right, you know right. and recording. But but there's a lot of downtime. So 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 what you know what do you do in that downtime? You know, and and. Uh, there are a lot of answers. I mean, it changes all the time, but, but mm-hmm. you have all this, this free time. And, you know, it's almost getting back to, you know, people would talk about utopian societies. You know, one day machines will take over and we'll have all this free time to do artistic uh, things. Right? You know. <laughs> that but sounds course, like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, well, but yeah I, I guess a nightmare, <laughs> one, it didn't happen because, you know, people are just without, out of a job and they're homeless. But, or the, the, but, but, but the other aspect is, uh, yeah, if everyone's artistic, 
you know, we we see it all the time. There are too many people who are artistic and and who's going to do the real work? <laughs> yeah, who's good? Well, who, yeah, who are the you know, who, yeah, who are who are the best people and and uh, who's going to consume it all? How, you know, how can you every every friend of yours? You know, is doing art, and they're, they're uh, yeah, I know, right? You know, they're sending you CDs. You can't listen to them all. Your Facebook is exploding with invites to things that you'll never make, and yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so maybe it, oh, I just came to a conclusion. I shouldn't do anything else. I should just <laughs> sit, sit around, <laughs> right? You know. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I think there's like a Zen bumper sticker that says, "Don't just do something. Sit there." Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's yeah, like the inversion, exactly. which, you know, there's a lot to be said for why can't we just enjoy, you know, what we have. But I, I find that people in, and maybe this is true in all sorts of different fields, but in the arts in particular, you know, people want to continually be creating something and making something new, even if it's, you know, no one's ever going to buy it or no one's ever going to see it or, or whatever. Maybe there's an expectation that they will. Um, but when you sit down and you know you come up with a song or something, do you decide well this can fit into a project that I have, or or have you sat down and you know created something like Orchestra Superstring or or the Syncopators? Yeah, well there are a lot of answers to that, uh, and uh, going back just a little bit, you know, uh, keeping busy. I mean, it, you need to be in tip-top shape. You know, so if you go on a tour, you know, you get back from a tour for, you know, two months and you can play that style and those songs like nobody else. <laughs> in your sleep. You can, yeah. In your sleep, <laughs> in any state. Okay, so then you get back and let's say you get an, you have another gig. You know, I mean, I, I need to do other gigs to, to survive. So you play a jazz gig or some other band and, and you feel like you can't play at all. So what do you do? You start woodshedding. You know, you start practicing. Mm -hmm. You, you, you mm -hmm. get into a routine. You know, so that's that's one thing. It's not songwriting. It's not you know playing with other bands, but it's this thing that you know, I guess m most artists do, but but musicians in in particular. Yeah, because it's a physical thing. It's, it's a like physical thing. Or some, yeah, yeah, absolutely. and you you practice you know new things that are different than the things that are, you know on tour. You you experiment and you you know you do things you normally wouldn't do and and. Uh, you know, you, you learn songs or, you you know, mm -hmm. there are a million drum books, you know, four-way coordination, you know, uh, <laughs> independence for all your limbs and, you know. <laughs> uh, Each finger its own it, instrument. Exactly. Yeah. There's all these, you know, finger control. And, and so so what you do, yeah, uh, you know, I'm lucky enough, you know, speaking of success, I, you know, I am lucky enough that I do this for a living. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it, you know, it can be a burden, too. It's a tough business, you know. You can go, oh God, you know, I have to find a new job, every, you know, every, you know, every two weeks when it's when it's yeah, not the X yeah. thing. It's, when it's and, like off season, sure. Yeah, and there's you know there's there's no one paying your pension, and there, there's yeah. there's no health insurance, and you you pay your own, and you know. But the, I mean, that's the negative side. But the positive side is your your you get to play music, your your own boss. But it t you but you so you find that you're self disciplined. You know that you have to be in shape. So if, having that being lucky enough to have that time mm -hmm. let's say i have a couple weeks off which is usually not totally a couple weeks off i'm playing gigs in between but yeah, you're, yeah. you wake up in the morning and you you know I, I i go out to my studio garage and i practice snare drum you know at least an hour hour you know 
hour plus, and then and then I go, okay, what can I do on drums? Or you know, sometimes it'll be vibes. I'm gonna learn these songs and practice. You know, That's but but great. You, yeah. you have the, the discipline, and and so, you know, sometimes it's for uh, a specific purpose. Uh, sometimes it's just a general. You Part know, of a, a, a regimen, a regimen, sort yeah. of do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you're sometimes you think ahead abstractly. You go, well, in two years, I want to be able to play this. You know, I want to play the blues better. So what do I do? You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play, try to play the blues in different keys, and I'll find some, you know, a solo that someone does, and try to analyze it, whatever it is, or you know. Uh, so 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 yeah. Uh, so go, going on to I guess your next question about you know writing things for purpose. Um, you know, like writing a song, you know, I, you have to pull, it's like pulling teeth, I guess they say, for, to get me to write a song. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm really, you know, but when, you know, when I was an orchestra super string, that, that, that it was a, it was a Latin jazz band. I was mm-hmm. playing vibes in that band. It was a six piece band. And, uh, we, we started out as like a rehearsal band playing, Kind of, it was more like a Cal Jader tribute, and and so we just to get together and just to and get do to, it, not to like, oh, we're not going to be playing shows. Or yeah, whatever. it wasn't even for that. In fact, yeah. you know, I I, I started uh, my friend Paul Ekman, who's uh, he's a bass player, and I met him on a on a session once uh, with Lisa Flores, and we started talking jazz. That was probably in the mid '90s, and I, you know. Uh, I aspire to play jazz. I'm not very good, but I'm, you know, I can I can fake it at a wedding. You know, right, I, right, I can yeah, do it well yeah. enough. I I played it in you know in in the college you know big band. And I, if actually right. way before that, when I was in the Buddhist band, I was yeah. Uh, that's a whole different story. But I was playing in. Uh, we'll, in we'll get back to that. A I was bit. playing in the big band, <laughs> so I learned how to read, and so I can do it. You know, okay, but 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 I told him I I played vibes, and I I I'd, you know. That's a long story too. It's not even, but, but I started. I started when I was in high school, and I gave it up mm-hmm. to play more. You know, I was playing rock and roll, and it was too much to do. Did you start on piano ever? Mm-hmm. No, I, t- I took a you went know, straight to vibes. I, I started. I, I really started. I played really terrible guitar, auto harp in second grade, and guitar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyone can play auto harp. Kazoo. I, I was. I was sure, master oh, yeah. kazoo master player. Master kazooist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I I I took up I took up drums, I you know I always wanted to play drums. So 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 um, let's see. So so yeah. I, 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 okay, you want me to? I can pursue this if, if it's interesting. Oh, no, but I, <laughs> well, I, I, sure. No, if it, well, go like, go ahead. Or I, I was going to ask you. Uh, the, you know, another question is sort of the going back because again, the the concept is well, you know, what what does it mean to be successful or whatever, and so sort of the first part of that is like when you were a kid what did you want to do you know what did you want to be when you grew up did you yeah. have some like dream of like this is what I'll be doing right and yeah what, was it music yeah it was music oh okay yeah and and uh, and it took different forms you know first it was it was just uh, yeah I was, gro- I was growing up in the I was born in 55 so in the early 60s 
you know, I was listening to stuff on the radio. It was it was AM radio at the time. It was, it was you know, it was yeah, it yeah. Was, it was you know, it was the Beach Boys. <laughs> it was Motown. Was you know, in the uh, in, in the early '60s, it was the it was the Beatles and the British Invasion. There was a lot of stuff. Then it turned that into that this, minor stuff that, that no minor never stuff. Heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it turned you know, and then the you know, the Doors and and yeah, Hendrix yeah. and psych- uh, psychedelic stuff. And then oh, I got were in, your parents musical? They really weren't. Mm, okay, neither were mine. Yeah, is my it? mom had aspirations to be a jazz singer, and then got pregnant with my older brother, and like will pretty much tell us that she regretted it. <laughs> you know, but it was ruined my career. <laughs> but it but it was there. She probably sang to you guys. She probably she didn't really. Records. She no? she liked records, and my dad would listen to opera on like Sunday mornings, but never really explained it to us, and I never knew what the hell you know, was going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, why isn't, I can't in, understand any of the words. He never explained yeah. like, well, it's Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, I was just wondering because sometimes, you know, someone's parents will be musical and that's how they'll sort of be introduced to it. But it sounds like you were more like the typical, like the shit on the radio is great. I want to do that. Yeah. It was, it was, st- it was just being around that. And, and I think, you know, I had two older brothers. So, so, you know, especially my older brother, well, both of them had influence uh, in different ways, and but, but at that time, my older brother Bill, uh, you know, he he's the he's the one who would who would search out these um, these bands and buy records, and and you know, he was a violinist at first, then a clarinetist, and mm. then a guitar player. We actually had a band together. Oh, really? Wow. We, yeah, we yeah. So so um, so that was an influence because he w- and he would have. I mean, it was a big influence that he had a band. First, it was a very small band with a, you know, so, uh, like a two-piece or two or three-piece, you know, where the, where the drummer had a snare drum and a hi-hat. Yeah, and yeah, And I would come classic. in and sneak in and play it when they left it around. And then he had uh, a full band, and they had a whole drum kit. And, I, of course, I would sneak in. And, and were they playing covered stuff? They were or? playing covers. Okay. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, they were playing Jimi Hendrix and The Doors. They had a keyboardist oh, who wow. could play Light My Fire, and that was, <laughs> that was his claim to fame, you know. And and they would, you know, they were doing all the, all the you know, uh, the stuff that was uh, was around in the, in the 60s. And how old were you at, at, at this point? Well, I was probably, at that time, I was probably, you know, 11... Something like ten or eleven, and then it continued on. So, 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 um, so, yeah. The, the the influence was it was in the air, and so my so so getting to the the the, the, the question, um, you know, first I didn't think about I wasn't thinking about a career. I was just thinking about having fun. You know, just, sure. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like fun. Yeah. And 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 you know, I mean, all I wanted to do as a kid as a kid is. You know, play some music and play baseball and football. You know, I did. I, yeah, I, I didn't want no to think about aspirations. <laughs> yeah, career. It was just like, oh, let's go out and play. And then it was like, oh. And when when I be, when I started taking real lessons and, and and devoting myself to drums, and you know, when I was 15, 16, I mean, I started when I was twelve with lessons. But when I I think I realized after two or three years that that's what I wanted to do. It was really hard to to. Uh, force myself to stay inside and practice you know and plus my friends are coming to the door hey do you want to play you want to play yeah, uh, football sure. you know it's like well so uh, you were disciplined from an early age yeah i i i, I yeah I, I guess i was disciplined yes i said oh no no more fun for me no more fun for me <laughs> <laughs> but um, dj stern bone break yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but but I remember that being a you know a problem. Like, well, sorry, I, you know, I like you guys, but you know, I have to. I'm taking lessons that I have to practice two hours. Well, I remember when I because I went through. I you know, my parents got everyone music lessons. It was piano and uh, and we didn't you know again we didn't listen to music at home for me to make sense of like why am I playing green sleeves or my Bonnie lies over the ocean. Yeah, like, what, what the, the hell, hell is this stuff? stuff? And, you know, the piano teacher is like 80 years old and I'm eight. I'm like I can't relate to this. Yeah. And then I played saxophone briefly, like really briefly. And then eventually, and I tried guitar first, and then my friend had a drum kit that I played at his house, and I, like a light bulb went off. I'm like, well, this is easy. It doesn't have notes or anything. You just hit it. Yeah, there's a lot it's of awesome. power. It has, yeah. It's fun to play. But I remember practicing was fun at that point, because you, you know, you, you'd feel yourself getting better, and you'd play along to whatever record, or, you know, if you're taking lessons, it was sort of an own, its own satisfaction. So I can imagine, you know, it I guess what I'm getting at is maybe it wasn't that hard to tell the other kids, like, no, that's okay, I have to practice, because you're actually, like, really into it. (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's just when you, you know, I think when I, 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 it was more when I became serious about it. I mean, at first it was, it was, it was just a natural thing. Like you said, it's fun Mm -hmm. to play. Yeah. And and when I was playing, I was, I was, uh, I mean, I started out, before I took lessons, I started out just playing, you know, I would play on whatever kid I had or play along to records on a basketball or a Frisbee. <laughs> exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. And the neighbor across the street had a drum set, and he would let us play it, like, every once in a while. Not like, like right. let us, you know, like, every eight months, we, we could go in his room and play it for two minutes, but that was enough, you know. <laughs> Your parents had no problem with, like, drums in the house or whatever? Well, it's, it's uh, <laughs> a little bit... Um, like these delinquents, <laughs> but 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 it was you know it was interesting. It was uh, um, when I progressed uh, as a snare drummer because when I took lessons, it was it was in this. It's a weird thing, but it was a Buddhist band, and they they had people teaching me, and they and, and it was to play in the marching band initially. So so I would play on a pad, I had one of those Remo pads. Yeah, okay. You know, and, practice and, your paradiddles and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. I practiced all that. And I learned how to read, and and and, and I progressed pretty quickly because I was really into it, you know. And then a couple years into it, I I, I remember uh, they had these. Uh, uh, these Ludwig snare drums, uh, uh, marching snares. The big, the deep ones? Huh? The big, deep ones? The big, deep ones. In fact, it was the one I ended up using in X. It's a a 12 by 12 deep by 15. Those are great. Yeah, and I painted a house uh, to, 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 to save up the $160 to buy it. So that was the first drum I ever bought. Nice, wow. And actually, that was the second. There was a a cheaper one that I had before that wasn't very good. But, 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 so uh, my brother Ken said to my mom, you know, uh, I was known as as Don, you know, yeah, Donald yeah. James, Don back there before DJ. And he was Don. Don's really progressing. He's really good. You should, you know, you should get him a drum kit. You know, nice. And and she just she was like, well, I don't know. It's a lot of money, you know. And we we ended up buying it, you know, one through the paper and, um, uh, but I think I think it was more my brother because. Uh, uh, we shared a room, so he he. It was funny. He he's the one who talked my mom into the drum kit, but he had to deal with the consequences because <laughs> you're practicing it all day and night. Yeah, we had the bunk beds, and he was like, he played trumpet. He was a trumpet player, but it was it was like, oh, could you stop playing that song over and over? <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Were you playing like the hits of the day type stuff, or were you learning jazz technique and that kind of thing? I was then? I was doing the hits of the day. I mean, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, I go back and try to play the songs I heard, uh, you know, uh, growing up, which wasn't that far behind. Sure, you know, it was a no, few absolutely. Years ago, but yeah. but but you know, like, uh, 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 what was the first one I remember uh, uh, trying to play? It was. Uh, uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think. It was. Uh, I just can't think of it. It's it's on the tip of my. Beatles song. Tongue. Uh, it's no. It was actually some Beatles Beatles songs too. Like like. Uh, uh, but I'm trying to think. What was it called? Uh, I'm sorry. But it, but it'll but, come to you. It'll come to me. But <laughs> Start I, tapping it, it out. I know. I, uh, um, <laughs> Oh, born to be wild. That was. Oh it. yeah, born because to there was be wild. A, there was some great you know boom, yeah, boom, yeah. these these drum licks in there, and I was going, wow, that's really cool. And now I understand because I could write it out. You know, I I learned all the writing. Right, you know, right. And, and and so I started going back and and, and going, well, that's not that difficult. You know, uh, um, so so you know, I started transcribing, like writing stuff down and, and writing the structures, and so so yeah, it was stuff like that. And then it, then it got into, you know, I'd be. Uh, Listening to some of some of the Frank Zappa stuff, and I'd play to those and try to figure out some of those things. But, oh yeah, but there wow. were, you know there were no charts. You had to kind of, you know, you had to be ambitious with the records. You had yeah, to, you have to was, have it right next to the drum throne over and over. Yeah, again. play and just yeah. wear it out. And, and yeah, oh, and the, and the Jimi Hendrix stuff. I love. I really love that stuff. And I would try. I would try to figure you know that stuff out. And I figured, uh, uh, you know, so you, you were going to the top of the mountain right away. Oh, Frank I was just Zappa trying. Like, you do, well, you just take, you know, you play along to it and you're probably really bad, but then you figure something out. You go, Oh, I see. Uh, Mitch Mitchell's playing, uh, paradiddle diddles. So like, da da he gets those, you know, right, left, left, right, right, left. And and he gets this like rolling thing, like, you know, right. And, and you go, that's how he does it. It's, it's actually a rudiment, you know? And that's always amazing discovery when you figure something out like that. It's like, you know, I think partly that's why, well, maybe it's in any field, but with music or something where you do figure something out and you're like, I can do that now, you know, this thing that I really respect and now I know how to do it, and that's awesome. Right? You know, yeah, it kind of is like self-motivating. Yeah, exactly. And you find that out, then you you, you pursue other things, and then yeah. a lot of it is you know is is talking to other musicians and drummers. Mm -hmm. Like I, I learned more just sitting around uh, in band at, in high school or even yeah. junior high, just like talking to people and going, "How, how do you do that?" And yeah, they for would sure. go, "Oh, you know, do you know this rudiment? Uh, you know, pat a fla fla," and you go, "What the." Heck is that? <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and you're you know, like, sure, but could you show it to me again? Yeah, yeah, you, sure. exactly. And they go, yeah, and, uh, you know, a, a Swiss triplet. Wow, what's the wow? Wow, that's all oh, amazing. Like Sideshow. Yeah, 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 I think I saw one of those yeah. ones out in Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? So you got into? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you got into drumming like way early on, and it's kind of awesome that you just knew like that's what you were going to do was there ever any no i'm going to have to get a job in a bank or something cuz when no. did you join the eyes uh it was 1977 so you were so i was probably uh, what would, would i be 21, 20, or, 21 uh, or i was 22. born in december so um yeah around then 22 sure <laughs> but was there a point where cuz all the bands you talked about i mean back then that was like sort of in a way, the height, maybe through the 70s too, but the height of like 
rock stars or, or big pop stars where, you know, even with movies, it was still the studios were really powerful and it was the machine, you know, churning out pop stars. Mm -hmm. And so you had, you know, Beatles hysteria and whatever. And a lot of people who were bigger than life and sort of, you know, I remember looking back and being like, wow, that's just amazing. And those people must be like gods or something, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And then you learn later when you get into it about the music business that, okay, it was probably not, you know, that great. It was hard for them. Like it is hard for other people now, but I'm wondering, was there a point where you were playing drums and you were like, well, this is what I'm going to be doing for a living. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was more out of it was partially out of desperation and partially out of not, you know, wanting to do anything to else. Pursue the other thing, you know, and it's and and you know it it I mean it 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 it, it I mean I guess I, I was gonna say it get it, it gets complex, but it's really very simple, you know. Uh, it, part of it had to do with the time, but part of it had to do with my parents because, you know, my my I saw my dad have a stroke and die young oh you know and then my mother died too you know uh, of cancer in you know by the time i was 15 so oh wow you know so okay. it was, so so i i kind of saw you know that aspect of it like well you know uh well i may not be around forever you know i don't want i want to enjoy myself you know that combined with the, the you know the whole uh just the the the, the you know the whole uh Lib I don't know what you call it, liberating liberated aspect of the of punk the, of, scene of the before the punk scene oh, okay. I mean, you know just of uh, just in the 60s yeah well yeah you know because because I mean I mean I've often I've never I should read things about it but I've often wondered you know the origin of, of you know of the youth movement I, I know you oh know, sure at, yeah. you know post-war maybe it was just boredom you know the after winning the war and then you know uh, uh, you know the parents were trying to find uh, a simple uh you know life in the suburbs and and the kids were bored and they wanted sure. something different so I, I don't know i i don't know exactly what it was but but i know i didn't want to do anything else i know you know i didn't want and, and plus i had i was ignorant of of what other uh careers there could be what did your dad do uh he was a uh salesman for a hardware company it was called <laughs> hoffman Hard hardware yeah and and his job it was an interesting job you know he, he got out of world war ii he was you know mm -hmm. driving trucks in a tank and he was you know uh overseas and then he came back and and uh i think uh he you know he was working for for uh an oil company in, in Long Beach. I forget what, uh, I can't think of it, what it was called now. But anyway, then so he got this job where he drove around uh, in his, in his uh, station wagon showing samples to hardware stores and, sure, and they would yeah. take, they would take orders yeah. and he would go, you know, he would go back. That's one of those like stand up like jobs that I don't even know if they exist anymore. They probably Maybe, don't. I don't know. The snap on tools guy who drives around in that big van. Yeah, it, it, it could exist, but I don't know. You know, I mean, it's probably done through the internet. But so, so it was cool. He always had, you know, uh, great camping equipment and, you know, uh, you know, uh, lures and rods and. You oh know, like, yeah, sure. Like he would show me all this stuff and all, you know, baseballs and mitts yeah, and yeah. you know, we had we'd all get we get all that stuff. When so. your kick pedal would break, you'd be like, "Wait, I got the tool for that." Yeah. Well, well unfortunately, he was he was in, he was hospitalized before. Oh that, no. So, okay. Yeah. So. Um, 
so my mom had to deal with that. So yeah, mm. and she didn't help me fix my kick pedal. I had to do it myself. I had to do it myself. <laughs> um, but um, well, when when they were alive, did was there active encouragement or discouragement, or was it you sort of got into it after they had both passed? Well, I mean, there was, it was just one of those things. You know, they the, the, the kids did. I mean, it, the encouragement. I mean, I remember um, they bought a. Um, a stereo system for us. It was one that had, you know, the, the speakers came off. You could put, you could either keep them on the unit, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> or you could put them like ten feet away out of a stereo sound, stereophonic sound. magical device. Yeah, yeah. 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 move the speakers away from it. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable the yeah. technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's funny. I remember the first records. I, they may have given us the records. Uh, or I, 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 maybe maybe my parents chose them, but 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 I remember the three or four records that came with it, and 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 yeah, and it makes me wonder because my, my parents used to listen to, uh, I remember it was like Frank Sinatra type stuff in sure. the car, yeah, not at home, but in the car. Mm-hmm. That's when you heard the push button radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 you go, what's that? And I didn't know who it was. You know, just I would hear this music, but 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 I but the records we had were uh, one was Homer and Jethro. Which was the country, the country duo that they were great players, but they were comedians. You know? <laughs> Excellent, yeah, and, yeah. And they, you know, it, 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 they were really funny and really great. Uh, another one was, uh, I think it was um, the Emperor Concerto by Beethoven. Wow. Okay. Okay. Diverse so collection culture. so far. What? Diverse collection so far. <laughs> exactly. And the other one was was uh, Benny Benny Goodman at Carnegie Hall. Oh, okay. So Great. we, I think, I think that was it was those three records, and then we started buying records. I, I remember the first record that I bought with my brother Ken was "She Loves You" single by the Beatles on Swan. Do you still have it? I still have it. Yeah, probably worth millions of dollars. I don't think it's worth. I think it's worth twenty dollars or something. <laughs> no. I think it's everyone had those. <laughs> sure, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Hundred million of them. Yeah, hundred million of them. So maybe it's worth twenty-five dollars. I don't know. Well, I guess, did you ever have a conception of, you know, what a successful music career would look like? Because yeah, it was you know, as a kid, you 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 know, you kind of fantasize. You go, wow, yeah, I never have to work, and I'll you know, like it's jet planes and it, hookers, and, yeah, 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 and that's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. That, you the, know, man. Yeah, yeah. the man, yeah, the man. They show the guys, you know, the musicians in limousines and right, yeah. surrounded by girls and and. You know, they have mansions, and you they never have to work, and that's yeah, a exactly, perfect job, right? man. Yeah, I'll take that job. I want, the, and I can play drums. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's great. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of have this this blurry version uh, vision of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you you know you you balance that against, uh, you know, some abstract thing. Which you know, I, I mean, if I came from a family that that uh, that, that that where I could see, um possibilities like you know if my family Mm -hmm. you know if they were in the building business or they had a you know they had a uh they worked as university uh professors sure you know like like, oh well i i should look into that yeah but i had no i had no conception of anything everything was abstract to me yeah you know so so the music business was abstract and that looked really but you knew you were good at it and you like do it well i just felt like it was a natural thing you know for me, to, I just loved it. So it seemed, it seemed like a possibility, and everything else seemed like you know. It, it, even if someone said, "Oh, you should become this," you know, I, uh, you should become a plumber, it'd be like, <laughs> "Well, 
I don't know what to think. You know, I, 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 you know, I learned later that a lot of those, you know, these, these, these careers that maybe they're not glamorous, but you find out that you know they're making more money than me, and they have right. You know, I know, I know. You know, because because you know there are certain there there are rock stars that actually make great money, but then most people don't make anything. Right, right. And then I'm right in between where I'm 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 making a middle class living. I can't complain, well, you know, yeah. but it's not what, pe- you know, people have, have said to me, where do you, what do you do with all the money? But, you know, there, there's never been that kind of money. It's funny because <laughs> I remember I was a huge X fan. All my, my friends were, we lived in Santa Barbara and it must've been the late eighties or the early nineties, sort of where, I don't know, when did 4th of July come that out? That was 87. Okay. Yeah. So X stuff was on the radio all the time, and I remember hearing in an interview, someone was like, maybe it's Xene or John, they're like, yeah, we're sort of middle class, you know? And I was like, what? That's impossible. <laughs> like, you know, they're so famous. Like, well, what, well, you know? Well, yeah, but the... Pro- it's just like the disparity between what the music business actually is and, you know, what it can look like to, you know, just a fan or whatever. Right. And, and But, this, you know, there are ways, like, if you're lucky... You know, part of it is 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 uh, part of it is luck, and part of it is pluck. Whatever pluck means, but uh, <laughs> that's how you get the feathers out of a chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'd never part of never it is luck, and chickens, part of it is so. plucking a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you you but you know you hear of we've had almost offers for things that almost happen, like oh you get it this thing on this commercial and you'll make all this money, yeah. but it d- doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but there's the possibility. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, there's the luck part. I mean, cause it's out, there is, there is money out there. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and it's kind of like how, you, if you're luck, if you're lucky, you finesse it, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there are different ways. The to, networking, you know, like we were talking about someone, someone in the band has to be the schmoozer sometimes. I, I, yeah. And there's, there's all that. that. There's a, that. And then there's also like, you know, if you have a hit song, that changes everything, you know. Yeah. And we never had yeah. a hit song, so you know it's good and bad. It, 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 I think it's it, it, it's contributed to the longevity of the band. The fact that we we were never that big, but we were. It was, see, we were big in L.A. We that that's yeah. Like in, you know, in Santa Barbara and and, and L.A. Like in in, in, the, in the on the West Coast, you know, we were doing unprecedented unprecedented things. We were playing at the Greek Theater before we were on a major label, right? You know, which right. was there was like this. You know, 1981, we played the Great Greek Theater, which was funny because I remember the, the, they were asking us about uh, uh, the catering, and they they came up to us and said, "Well, no, no, the, uh, the catering. What do you what do you what do you need?" It was like, "Well, I don't know. You know, usually we get some sandwiches, and you have a couple cases of Budweiser, and they're going, is that all you want?" It was like, you know, they're used to having <laughs> right? like, okay, sure. let's, you know, you can just imagine the list of things yeah. people request yeah. at that level, and we, you know, we weren't at that level. What year was this? Were you that was eighty one? Were you headlining the Greek? We were headlining. Yeah. We, yeah, awesome. And I think that got attention. That that uh, you know got. Uh, Got some attention with the major labels who had all turned us down. Well, it's funny because. Uh, oh, go ahead. Pardon me. I just want to make sure I believe at three. Where it's only oh, no five. I don't yeah. want to. Part one of my interview with DJ Bonebreak. As you heard, it was 2.05 and he had to leave at three, and we basically talked for the rest of that hour. <laughs> so. Tune in again for part two of my interview with DJ, where we talk a lot more about the creative process, about what drives us, about his life as a musician, 
uh, all kinds of good stuff. We get philosophical. We get deep. We get into outer space. So come back. Subscribe to the podcast. Go over there and rate it. Leave comments. Send me an email. Check out X for sure. Go buy every album they ever put out. I can't recommend it enough. Check out The Knitters. Check out DJ's other projects, Bone Break Syncopators, Orchestra Superstring, and of course, The Strip Miners. And I'll see you soon on the next one. Thanks for tuning in. I love it when you tell me that we're gonna be in movies.